Hey girl, and welcome to the Love Unleashed podcast with your host, me, Nikki Syme. I am a love and relationship coach, and I am on a mission to empower women just like you in love, to ensure that you get to experience the most incredible loving relationship that you desire and deserve with the man of your dreams. Every week, I am going to be opening up conversations around topics such as love, men, sex, relationships, and dating. And I will be going all in for you. There will be no stone left unturned, girl. So if you are ready to dive in, let's get started. Hey girls, and welcome to another episode of the Love Unleashed podcast with your host, me, Nikki Syme. Today is probably the most exciting episode that I'm bringing to you guys, as it is the first time that I'm having an amazing guest on the show with me. I'm really, really excited to bring this beautiful woman to you and to really have this heart-to-heart connected conversation with her in regards to love and losing love and how it can be a catalyst for incredible change in your life. So the gorgeous woman that I am speaking to today is Alana Arvanitas, and she is a blend of creativity, a love alchemist, a cosmic soul pioneer, a podcaster, and the founder of the self-love movement. She has a deep passion for people and teaching, and she facilitates events, workshops, and online programs which inspires, empowers, and supports women in the dev- with a devotion to embodied self-love. So freaking juicy. I first met her at one of her incredible events, and it was literally love at first sight. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Alana, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Nikki. And that's such a beautiful introduction. I feel really honored to be here. Um, And I can feel your excitement. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it definitely oozes out of me. Um, So I would love for you to, you know, we've had a little bit of a chat before this, and I'm like, let's just get stuck straight into this. So your journey to self-love and also your experience through love um, and loss just really inspired me and really hit home for me especially having an incredible partner and and what you kind of went through the thought of that happening is really like oh so I would love for you to share with your um, the listeners you know what it was that happened and and how you got into doing what you're doing today yeah absolutely um so I'm going to rewind the clock back to Uh, When I was 24 years young, um, I was in a beautiful, committed relationship with, I call him my earth angel. His name was Paul. And um, we had such a beautiful, deep, empowering relationship where he was kind of the teacher of my self-worth. You know, and at at that age, as a young woman, you know, self-worth is quite, it's a big journey. It's something that you know, we're not really taught in today's society of how to be solid within that. So along came Paul for me and he was that really big, huge teacher of showing me how good I am just as I am. And um, it was such a beautiful dynamic that we shared. And we had that relationship where, you know, everyone envied us in a certain way because we just, 
we just naturally rocked it and it was such a beautiful deep connection that we shared and everyone could feel that but um so two years into our relationship um this was when i turned 24 uh, i had what i know a lot of people have everyone has these moments where you know it's a shake up to wake up from the universe um so on april 2012 uh, he actually passed away in his sleep beside me so he had an accidental overdose from prescription pills and I woke up to find him no longer alive so it was my huge wake-up call um, you know and that just as a 24 year old woman like that just absolutely rocked me my life got turned upside down back to front inside out you name it and, you know, wearing that, the trauma and the grief of that was just so huge for me. And that's kind of where I entered that place of darkness and suffering um, as, as you would. For a young woman, 24, who's still trying to figure out her, like, her yeah. place in the world and how all of this kind of stuff works to then have that, like, oh, I can only imagine. Absolutely. And, and, and I was still, I was, I was blissfully ignorant during that phase, you know, like I, I wasn't switched on to you know my spirituality the connection to myself that didn't exist before this moment um and that's why it's been such a huge catalyst for me because coming from that blissfully ignorant stage and moving into this this place of oh awareness and oh self-responsibility self-accountability like all this stuff just came flooding into my experience but like really how i got to where i am today is because i didn't want to suffer anymore like this wasn't it for me. I had this deep, deep yearning or calling from down within that was telling me I'm not here to suffer. I'm here for greatness. There's something gold within me that needs to come out and I need to step into that space and just keep, keep following the nudges that my soul was starting to give me. So I acted on that little calling that I had within and we all have that very deep within us. And, um, I started showing up for my own happiness and well-being because I needed to heal. I needed to move past the suffering. I needed to move through it. So, so when you talk about like suffering, can you like elaborate on that a little bit in regards to what you mean? Like what was actually going on for you that was suffering itself? It was mostly the heaviness and the grief that was my suffering and, and that feeling of um, just just yeah I guess it really is just the grief and also knowing that that's not how I want to live my life and that and if I kept choosing that then that's suffering to me it's like suffering is a choice I've only realized that afterwards that um, you know, pain is different pain is something we can't control it is out of our control so the experience of losing him uh, that was an ex a painful experience beyond my control but after the effect, it's my responsibility to choose how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to grow through this, how I'm going to live my life now with this. Yes. And if I am not choosing that, then I'm going to stay in suffering and, you know, it's, it's not going to be a pleasant life. So um, it really was quite simple in the beginning. Like I just showed up to the things that were nourishing and gave me good feelings of happiness and joy and gratitude so it, you know it was getting up early and going to the sunrise with my dog on the beach and just being immersed in mother nature like that was the best healing ever <laughs> it's free too yeah 
amazing. Yeah, and I just kept showing up for for the things that lit me up and made me feel good. And um, that kind of unraveled sort of my journey of the beginning of embodied self-love. So, you know, along that way, I kept diving into self-development work too. I did a lot of body work, a lot of retreats, a lot of um, courses and things that could really propel me in this new self, new awakening, new trajectory that I was on um, and continually healing the grief that I carried because it was so heavy. Um, And I started seeing, you know, magic happen in my life like opportunities were coming to me ideas were coming to me people were coming to me all this stuff was happening and I was like wow like my life is changing it's possible I I don't have to stay in suffering for forever um and I guess that's when I noticed the particularly the women around me at the time they were suffering still that's when I yeah I really started to see how how big suffering is in the world and I felt that I had a gift to share in that moment was like, well, I know this is what self-love is. When I can give myself exactly what I need in every moment and really learn how to self-soothe, then life is going to be okay. I'm going to be okay with life and I can teach other people now. I have this gift. (laughs) It was like this little, you know, excited little girl within me was like, yes, we can help (laughs) people. This, we can end suffering <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so that's that's the beginning of okay now I need to show up for other people with this message um and and that's the birth of the self-love movement happened from there and you know I create spaces for women to come in to to step into empowerment inspiration and support so yeah this is how I, I created the self-love movement because I really wanted to help more women end their suffering and create a community that I was lacking because when I started to awaken into my truth more and more through the act of embodied self-love, I felt isolated. Um, The women around me, you know, they didn't understand what I was doing. They didn't get what I was doing. They didn't like what I was doing because they weren't ready to hear the call for themselves. They weren't ready to see that they were suffering. And it was triggering for them. So, you know, I got labelled like I was in a cult because I chose to love myself <laughs> and heal myself. So I needed a community where I felt safe, where I felt free to just be completely who I am and share this part of me that needs to be fully expressed. And that's when I had the moment of, you know, a beautiful download of inspiration just came to me. It was like, okay, have a breakfast event, talk about the importance of self-love and show up. And I did. And two weeks later, I had my first event and 20 women showed up and it was so profound. And so that was three years ago. And, you know, I've created this beautiful movement, which is across Australia now. And yeah, it's been oh, such a magical, magical flow of love. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I love that. It just seemed to happen so naturally, like it, like 20 people at your first event, like that's a huge mm. nudge from the universe, right? Going, you're on the right path. Like this is your sole purpose. This is what Absolutely. you're here to do. It's yeah. so amazing. And I have been to like a couple of your events actually, and they really are a beautiful space and you feel so safe and welcomed. And yeah, it's like that whole tribe feeling where you know that everyone there is on a similar journey to you and is there to support you and really hold space for you. And it's so, yeah, thank you. Find yeah. That. 
Yeah. Um, so I did just want to touch a little bit more, like you, you're talking about the suffering and, and I just wanted to kind of maybe dive into that a little bit more because I know that, you know, people hear words, especially if they're not necessarily in the kind of the self-love um, scene or the spiritual scene so much and like suffering and how it can actually show up so what are the actual things that are going on is it in your head or is it like how it can be showing up physically for you this whole suffering experience yeah so my belief around what suffering is so this is where pain and suffering are different so like I said pain is something that you can't avoid that is out of your control that is an intense feeling or physical sensation. So suffering is often a, a judgment upon the feelings you're feeling or it is things like not speaking your truth, self-sabotaging, mm-hmm. um, not, not stepping up for yourself, not listening to your guidance, um, doing self, self-destructive behaviours, uh, numbing out, taking drugs, alcohol to, to you know, bliss out from, from things. Um, you know, there's a whole list of, of ways we can suffer. And it's also, you know, continually feeling, experiencing feelings such as, um, you know, jealousy or um, grief or sadness, the lower vibrational feelings. It's continually staying there and not knowing how to move out of those places. Mm. Um, I definitely know for me, like my suffering really birthed from a lot of stuff that was going on on in my head. So my negative self-talk, the way that I treated myself internally. And that's the thing, like often the suffering, like you said, the pain happens and you experience the pain, but then the suffering is that continuation of that experience when you don't get to let it go. And that's for me very much was the self deprecating thoughts that I was having about myself constantly. I'm not good enough. I'm ugly. I'm too fat. I'm not lovable. You know, all of these things that we're not even aware of half the time, right? Like it's just such a problematic thing that we're just having these thoughts and they're actually creating an experience of suffering because you're not allowing yourself to really open up and experience love and joy and happiness. Exactly. But, you know, and this isn't a shame on people. Like we aren't taught these tools how to change or how to move through these things so you know I think we all go through this part of suffering um, until we we come into that full personal power and know that we have control over our thoughts over our lives and we can make empowering difference yeah and that awareness oh my god that when I started to develop that awareness of whoa I am actually the person that is in control of what's going through my mind, that was like the biggest game changer for me. Just going, eesh, I have the power to actually change that. Yes, yes. And it's like disassociation, (laughs) (laughs) disassociating from the thoughts that we have and not identifying with them that we are those thoughts. It's like, no, I have thoughts. Yes. but they are not who I am. Yes, becoming the observer rather than the active participant, which is yeah. oh, so freeing, <laughs> such so liberating that, yeah. getting to that point. And I also really loved what you said about trusting the feeling and starting to do the things that feel good. And I think in our society, we're really, it's really, especially for us women, our insecurities are played on so, so much that, we are constantly fed reasons to not feel good about ourselves. And, you know, that beautiful 
decision and making that conscious decision to go, okay, tapping into intuition and trusting ourselves and going, does this actually feel good for me? And really following that, that bliss. Wow. Like when you start doing that, Hey, it's so beautiful. Absolutely. And, and that's something that gets discredited so easily is, you know, I teach people have an action plan, like a self-loving action plan, like tune into what is for you and what feels good for you and do it. Like I can't stress this enough. Self-love requires or anything requires commitment, persistence, dedication and inspired action, you know, and, and something so simple as having an action plan that you commit to that makes you feel good is is so rewarding and can make huge impact in your life and it's not meant to be a prison either you know having that structured regime of okay I have to do these things you should feel like you want to do these things because they fulfill you and they nourish you on a soul level yes and they feel good like they just feel good. naturally create that beautiful good feeling inside of you yeah and you get a release of all those beautiful hormones and and it's a beautiful cycle really mm. and yeah. that's the thing too is like we're born into this world in a natural state of joy like that's our natural state mm. of being you know and and we're fed so much stuff that really removes that experience for us and when you can actually guide yourself back to that and make joy your priority and focus on, okay, does this feel good? Like, how am I feeling right now? What do I need to shift? How do I need to um, yeah, shift to get myself back into alignment with what feels good? And that's yeah. so much fun to play with. And I think too, like um, this whole personal development and um, the self-love journey and all of that kind of stuff, gets a bit of a rep of it has to be serious and all this hard work and really like it's so fun and playful and it gets to be exciting and expansive and and joyous Absolutely. and I think that like that's something that really needs to shift with that whole personal development persona that it can be just fun and light and playful it doesn't have to be serious and and yeah. sad and like breaking open and all that and of course <laughs> that stuff happens but you also know that on the other side of that, there is so much liberation and expansion and growth and change and it really impacts every area of your life. Yeah, and I think it's important to know like your capacity to feel the darkness is also mm. um, gives you the capacity to feel the lightness too. So the further you can go down, the, the higher you can ascend. It's yeah. that beautiful tree, like, tree, isn't it? Like the, the deeper your roots and your structure goes down, the higher you can ascend and you can be that beautiful strength um, and strong pillar. Yeah. Yes, yes, I love that. And then it comes from a place of real, you know, alignment, self-connection, calm, contentment mm-hmm. within, and you're just like whew, powerful. Absolutely. So, I'd also love to talk a little bit more about self-love because I think self-love gets a bit of a bad rep as well as like yeah. oh, bubble it's that fluffy thing. thing. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's definitely more than that. It's really about um, being kind to myself, following the feel-good feelings, having boundaries and values and stuff. So how would you kind of describe self-love on a more kind of expansive level? Yeah, beautiful question. So... The answer to this can always change because what you might need today might be different to what you need tomorrow. But there are a a couple of key ingredients to having a really beautiful 
solid framework to self-love. Um, and I like to talk about these in detail, but I'm just going to sort of give you an idea of what they are. So the first one is self-acceptance. So that's a huge element to self-love and, and that's one of the biggest journeys that we're all on is like to fully accept who we are and not be afraid to, to show that and fully express that to the world. Like that's a, that's a big journey. Um, another one is listening to your own inner wisdom and guidance. That's a really important part of self-love. And also from that speaking your truth. Um, and so hearing the wisdom and also speaking the truth, they're, they're two really important key ingredients. Um, another one is caring deeply for yourself. And this includes boundaries, 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 boundaries. They're a huge element to self-love. The sacred um, no. The sacred no. And also knowing that when I say no, it's actually saying yes to my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, the, they're the key sort of pillars of what self-love is. But at the end of the day, it's really comes back to you and what you need in every single moment and really honoring where you're at with complete compassion and um, having that space where and container where you feel safe to express whatever you're going through, um, not judging or denying or uh, pushing away emotions that you're experiencing and just allowing yourself to be, allowing yourself to give yourself what you need in every single moment and showing up for yourself 100%. Yes. So how do you, when you talk about like not judging yourself and allowing yourself to be with the emotions, so how can you give the listeners like some tips on how to actually do that? Because self-judgment is huge, right? We, we do something and we're like, oh, you're an idiot or um, mm-hmm. things don't work out how we want them to. And it's like, oh, see, you know, you're useless. Or we have this stuff going on inside of us that's really incredibly judgmental on ourselves. And we can often put a lot of pressure, like Capricorns especially, because we're like the perfectionist. <laughs> boom, 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 if you get it slightly wrong, it's like, whew. Um, so what, you know, what kind of little tools and things can people implement to be able to really step into that self-acceptance and like dropping that self-judgment? Mm, good question. And I'm a Cancerian, so I'm like emotions powerhouse. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like, you know, I have that emotional capacity and sensitivity that, um, yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> but for me, like the first thing that comes up that I want to share is having the awareness first of um, the thoughts and the inner critic. So, cause we all have the inner critic, like you just shared of, you know, stuff can come up and you'll judge it straight away. So being self aware is the first step and just really noticing what your thoughts are and what your inner critic is saying. And also, again, back to that, you know, not identifying with that and not believing the inner critic and just just knowing she's there and she serves a purpose. Um, So that's the first step. So bring that self-awareness in. But then when you do notice yourself um, in a funk or, you know, if you're starting to, to judge yourself, this is where you need to be your own little police officer and and catch yourself out because you know we're no one's perfect with this we're all going to have moments where we are really being quite you know the critic the negative is is coming out and that's okay it's 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 important to know it's okay to do that but it's also really important to not stay in that place and to bring in your empowering self to to have compassion and love so 
whenever I catch myself in a bit of a funk and, you know, I've I slipped into some negative thought loops, I stop myself and I bring in self-compassion and I just comfort myself with particular words or counter-intuitive words or things that can be the opposite of what I've currently just offered myself. Um, so if I give you an example, it could be that, you know, I've put a dress on or something in and I've, I've looked in the mirror and I've, I've saw myself I'm like, oh, that looks disgusting or something like that. In that moment, I can believe that and then, you know, my self-worth takes a hit um, because now I've, not, now I've identified my body image or the dress to how worthy I am. Mm -hmm. So I thought myself in that moment and I just look back in that mirror and I go, you know what, Alana, you look beautiful no matter what. So I've given myself a counter thought to sort of dismantle what I currently offered myself and that makes me feel so much better. So that's a really good practice to, to do is that have that self-awareness and be that police officer within and catch yourself whenever you've offered yourself something negative or harsh to counterbalance that with something more softer, loving and more compassionate. Mm, self-compassion. Yeah, self-compassion. It comes down to, you know, our brain and, and how we're hardwired for negativity over positivity. Mm. Um, so it's really, if you're, if you're constantly in that negative thought loop, it's really hard to try and make a positive one. You've got to force your brain into this new way of being and operating. So why so, are we programmed for that? Why are we programmed for the negativity as opposed to the positivity? Do you know? Well, there's, there's lots of studies around that. And from what I've learnt um, and believed to be true for myself is that as a collective, we are hardwired for negative. It's like if you're, um, you know, you're listening to your friend talk or, they've written this post and you pick up on a mistake instead of congratulating them for, for what they've done. We, that's how we're hardwired. And I think also it gives us humans a place to connect with each other. Like problems, having a problem is the number one um, addiction <laughs> because mm -hmm. we connect over that. It's like, you know, you hear about it all the time. People just getting together and talking badly about people or, talking about all their problems versus, you know, all the beautiful stuff in their life. It's like a way we connect. Do you think um, it's a form of survival? Like I've heard a lot that we're hardwired to look for the problems because yeah. in the past, you know, when we were living off the land and we were very primeval, um, we were kind of, we had to have that constant awareness and be looking for all of the things that could go wrong because it exactly. meant our survival you know exactly um, yeah and our brain today is still that's still a part of us and it's trying to keep us safe like that's the one responsibility for our brain is to keep us safe so it's fear-based operated and um yeah the fear has just changed you know it used to be like you just said that real primal we're gonna die from dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> something's gonna eat me yeah. now, now the fear is oh shit public speaking <laughs> i'm oh gonna God, die, die. <laughs> microphone is gonna eat me <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um so i would love to actually because i've had like um recently i've been speaking to a few girls and they've had stuff come up around confidence and dating and 
worth, like self-worth. And I had one girl I was talking to recently and she was saying that she had this amazing date, this date booked in with this guy who she thought was just like amazing. She was like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. But she worked herself up into such a state that she, um, when she went on the date, she couldn't stop talking. She literally just like spun out, spun herself out so much in believing that this guy was like, she just put him on a pedestal massively and and then went into almost a fear state where she was like trying to, you know, be something she wasn't. But then, you know, she was telling herself in her head, you know, you need to stop talking, you need to stop talking, but she couldn't because she had just kind of built him up to be so amazing. So for me, like when I was talking to her, I was like, okay, so there was obviously a part of you that didn't believe that you were worthy of this man. So you went into this whole like freak out state. So what kind of tools and things can women use when they're going out on dates where they feel like they might be going out with someone who's like, more amazing than them which you know you they never are you guys are equally amazing you know and are worthy of being with an incredible man and partner but mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. you know those thoughts can really take over and we can get ourselves into a bit of a tiz so what can like the woman listening do to be able to kind of still approach that kind of dating experience or that relationship from a place of you know calm within and peace within and, and a, a really deep sense of knowing that they are worthy rather than mm. getting yes great question so here's the thing what we do as women is we paint a picture of a man and we fill in the blanks with all of our un, unmet needs from childhood experiences so We have got an outline of a man and we've just filled in the blanks with our unmet needs and our expectations and our fantasies. And that happens like (laughs) everywhere. So that's from what I understood with what you've just shared. This is what that beautiful client of yours has or a friend of yours has just experienced. And I can speak for that myself. Like I've done that too. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) We all have. We've painted the picture. We've filled them in with our own stuff. We've projected our stuff onto them. And when they don't meet that expectation of our own projections, we get hurt and our self-worth takes a hit. So I can totally speak on that and just from what my experience of that is and what I've learned is knowing how to stay in your own physical body and also knowing you, you really do have to know yourself um, well and know where, you know, you are projecting your own stuff onto someone and also what your fantasies are or what your expectations are. They're, they're really crucial for dating. Um, and also um, self-worth is huge right huge 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 so knowing that you know your worth doesn't lie in someone else's someone else or even you know your bank balance or your career or or the dress you're wearing like all that stuff is not what your self-worth is self-worth is the value you put on yourself it's how how good you believe yourself is you are and and you are incredibly beautiful and you know, you're worthy just because you're breathing, because you're here, because you're alive, not because of anything else. Uh, and that comes back to like really stepping into your power and knowing that no man is going to complete you. No woman is going to complete you. It's you complete you. You are a whole unit and someone else is just going to compliment you. Uh, and that's just huge in inner work, really. So 
Um, there are some practices like that I do as well, like when I'm dating is just to remain in my body because when we, um, when we get that excitement, like you were just sharing before, it's like, oh my God, I can't stop talking and da, 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 da. And it's like, <laughs> slow down, stay in your body. Stay yeah, I could so relate to her because I've definitely been there, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I really like this guy. And oh my God, I'm just screwing this up. I don't even know who that person was. Like you walk away going, who was that? That's not me. <laughs> yes yes um but i think it's really important to just yeah stay in your own body and i do a simple little process like i'm just like if i just have my hands on my on my legs i'm like tapping my legs to remind myself stay in my body stay in my physical body stay here on stay connected to who i am stay present here and um that really helps it's actually quite simple but it, it that awareness is like beautiful yeah, awesome. I love that. And something so simple, like it's mm-hmm. something you can do without them even knowing that you're doing it too. Just no. like, yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just like allowing them to show themselves to you and not you projecting anything onto them or having that expectation. That's a really important um, part of dating, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really, you know, perspective and intention too. So for me, it's very much like, what is my intention for this date? Why am I going on this date? Is it to be really serious and then make sure that he's the one or is it just to go out and connect with someone and have fun and, and meet someone new and explore, you know, get to know them rather than, because I think we tend to put a pressure on it of, well, I'm going on a date and this guy has to be my boyfriend or he might be my boyfriend and I need to be really serious and figure it all out. And that in itself really creates a, a clunky energy. And I yes. definitely find like when I notice that, or when I used to notice that, because obviously I haven't noticed that for a while, um, I really found that breath was really good for yes, just bringing mm-hmm. back to, and even before I went on the date, I would stand in front of a mirror and I'd look at myself and be like, you got this. Like, you are amazing, Nick. You are incredible. You are worthy. You are lovable. And you just get to go and shine and breathing, like really breathing into my belly to, like you said, get me get you out of your head and into mm-hmm. your physical grounding back into the present moment yeah and i want to speak to also coming back to that having that crystal clear intention and clarity is so important i've made a pact with myself that and this is not just in relationships you can take this anywhere so i don't want to live in the gray area i want to have black and white mm. so when we live in the gray area shit gets shit yes <laughs> i love that yeah and, and i don't want to live in the gray area i want to have my clear boundaries my clear intention and 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 that can be in business in relationships in every aspect of my life it's like i don't want to live in any gray area because what is that mm. it could be anything and i don't want that i want to know i want to know myself so well and um, really live my highest intention and my highest knowledge. And, and that includes, yeah, no grey area. Yes, 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 yes. And so many women are out there living in that grey area and being yeah. like, oh, and, you know, I was um, talking about something earlier on a live actually in regards to how we limit our expectations because there's a part of us that doesn't believe that what we actually want is available to us. Yes. So we end up dropping into that gray area and being like, oh, well, I didn't really want to smoke her, but he smokes and, you know, maybe he's the one. And there's also like that fear of, well, what if no one else comes along? So it's like, yes. so then you, you know, you 
lose a bit of trust with yourself because you're not, you know, listening and honoring yourself. And then you end up falling into something that you feel unfulfilled or you feel a bit of resentment or you're hoping that they're going to change. And it just creates this really unhealthy dynamic in a relationship rather than just going, you know what, this is my black and white and this Mm -hmm. is what women get to do. This is what we are allowed to do. And, you know, I talk often about how we're not in the 1950s anymore. It's not about what the guy wants. It's a mutual coming together. It's a mutual connection. It's a mutual choosing of each other. And you get to clearly state what it is that you do and don't don't want and believe that that is available to you. And I Absolutely. know that definitely comes from that relationship with self, from building that loving relationship with yourself, knowing your worth, feeling confident, really self-respecting, self-acceptance, and just being like, this is what I want and this is what I know I can get, having that Absolutely. built. Absolutely. Yeah, and like having, writing that down, like getting crystal clear with what you want and what is fulfilling to you, And also, like, it's not meant to be that prison again, like I spoke of earlier. It's meant to be there so you know who you are and what you want to live this life. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, you can come back and tweak that all the time because you're going to be met of where you're you're currently at. And if, if there's something that you need to expand into again, because sometimes when we have a list of things we want, right, we're not quite there ourselves. We've got some growing to do. So mm-hmm. in comes an expander. So this person comes in to expand your, your, your capacity to receive what you want. And then that person might not fit you anymore because there's something else on the list that you want that's not there yet. So then you've, you've now become expanded into your list more and more and then the next thing comes in of where you're at again. So you can be continuously coming back to that list, checking in, seeing where you're at, seeing what you need to expand in, seeing where you're, what's possible for you. And um, that's how you grow. Yes, I love that. And it's also, you know, that like what I love about my relationship is that my list still changes. Yeah. And as a team, we communicate that effectively together and, and we grow as a partnership as well. So even if someone does come in, that's why I'm really, you know, with my girls, I'm like, you have to have your list of negotiables and your non-negotiables. So these are the things, you know, that you will not bend on. A smoker, an alcoholic, like, or someone who doesn't practice self-love or, you know, whatever your non-negotiables are. But then have a few things that are a little bit flexible, like if he doesn't do the washing or if he doesn't pick his socks up or if he leaves dishes in the sink, you know, like those kind of things where you are willing to flex a little bit because you're not going to meet someone who's going to tick every single box. But if you've got that clarity on what your non-negotiables are, then you can go out with an intention and, you know, not being like, well, this is what I will, will and will not um, settle for, but you can ask questions in a sort of way that gets you an idea of who they are and how they show up and what's important to them in their relationships. But then from that space, you know, you'll, go into something and, and those negotiables may flex and bend and you may discover new non-negotiables and be like, yeah, exactly. to me. And that's part of the growing process with someone as well. And mm-hmm. part of that dating process, like you said, of people will come into at a time in your life to show you areas of yourself that you still get to expand and grow into. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're forever and sometimes they're not. And that's be- the beauty of relating. <laughs> I think. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to note, just touching on what you just shared, is like celebrate humanness. Like we're not we're not perfect. So the person coming in is going to have their flaws. They're going to have their wounding. They're going to have their stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's learning how to like, you know, 
co-create a beautiful and collaborate a beautiful relationship together um, each because, you know, we're, we're going to co-trigger. We've got to own each other's impact. It's like all this stuff. It's like, yeah, humanness, celebrate that. Mm. Um, it's really important. important. Yeah. Definitely. And even like going off what you mentioned before about being a whole being, you know, I think a lot of women and people are out there looking for someone to complete them or someone to validate mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Feel worthy. And mm. when you're going into a relationship like that, it becomes very codependent. Whereas when you go into a relationship from a place of whole and completeness within yourself already, you're more likely to attract someone who's the same. Um, and if you don't, then at least you've still got your knowing of who you are. So you can still stand in your power in that regard. And really express yourself in such a powerful way. It's um, a game changer. Huge. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing, my love. So I have just, oh, I could keep talking to you for hours because I oh, love no. conversations. <laughs> but I am being a little bit wary of our listeners' time. So I would love for you to let them know where they can find you, how they can connect with you and what you've got coming up or what's yeah. available thank you okay so you can find me my website is all the w's uh the self hyphen love movement.com um i'm also on instagram so i'm sure you'll link all these up so the self love movement gc is my instagram i've got a personal one too um i've got events across australia always coming up so i'll give you the link to all of those there'll be one every month or all there for all there so Um, I've also got a beautiful spring into self-love bundle, which is a collection of my workbooks and a meditation that I downloaded, um, which really help you dive into you and explore who you are and really get crystal clear clarity around what self-love means to you. So you can have a strong foundation and work from that. And that's also available. Awesome. All right, my love. So just to finish up, I've just got a couple of rapid fire questions. So I would love for you to share with us, share with us three things that you're really grateful for right now. Connection and collaboration. (laughs) Awesome. And what is the book or one of like the books that you've read that's really like shifted some massive things for you or that you've just gone, wow, this is incredible. Activate Your Female Power by my beautiful soul family, mother of sort, <laughs> uh, Sharon Maloney. It's like this deep dive into the female anatomy, bridging science and spirituality and really learning how to actualize our power from within. Mm. It was so profound for me as a woman. Yes. yes. I remember I came to her event and she yes. was just amazing and I got a book too. So I highly recommend that as well. Mm. Um, and finally, can you tell us three things about you that just make you amazingly you, uniquely you and worthy of love? Mm, that's so beautiful. My beautiful encouragement that I offer myself and others, like that's something that makes me me and the love that I share. Um, so that's my first thing. My creativity. I love being creative and that flows into all aspects of my life, the way I look, the way I cook, what I create in my workplace, um, my drawing, my painting. Third one is oh, my cuteness and my cheekiness and my cute laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why that? <laughs> yes, awesome. Love that. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Thank you so so much for being on the show. I'm sure our listeners have just loved this as much as I have, and I'm so incredibly grateful for you. And yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome, and thank you, Nikki, for creating this platform and this space for women to really yeah own themselves and own their relationships too. So yes. thank you. Rise in love, girls. Sending <laughs> you so much love. Thanks for listening, Goddess. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please feel free to leave me a comment or review. Also, for more love vibes and daily inspiration, come and join me on Instagram at Nikki Sign. I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you soon.